This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. Uh, I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Bamboo app. Crypto Curious is your go-to source for all things cryptocurrency. Whether you're a seasoned pro or new to the world of crypto, we've got you covered. Each week, we'll break down the top news stories of the past seven days, giving you the information you need to stay on top of the latest trends and developments. Plus, we'll share quick bites of news and insights that you won't want to miss. If you're new to crypto, we recommend starting with our early episodes as we break down the basics and give you a solid foundation to understand the crypto world. Join us as we explore the ever-evolving world of cryptocurrency and educate ourselves along the way. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about the debt ceiling and how that affected the crypto price. Plus, what's China doing with crypto? Are they backflipping? We're going to discuss Nike's NFT launch, which was very successful. There's also some interesting things going on with a bit of a rug pull in crypto land at the moment, and we're going to talk about that one. Plus, Craig's Pudgy Penguins are doing super well in NFT land. So we're going to cover off those things in this week's episode. My name's Tracy, and this week Craig and I are joining joined by Theo Canalopoulos. Did I get that right? Yes. You absolutely did. Yes. Theo is co-founder of NFT Melbourne, which was super popular this year, and Lucky NFT. Back in his Web2 world, Theo is CEO of Digital Agency Out in the Clouds. So thanks for being with us to talk about crypto this week, Theo. Thanks for having me. No worries. We were very excited because Blake is away and he hates talking about NFT stuff and me and Craig love it. So, yeah, we're looking forward to talking all about crypto and NFTs. Let's go straight into some market talk. And is it all around what's happened with the debt ceiling, do we think? Or is there a bit more to it? I'm not sure, but that news about the debt ceiling has really pushed up all asset classes. And Bitcoin had a bit of a shakeout last week. Mm. Um, Even you had a bit of a panic sell trace. Um, But we're back to the races now. Please. I don't know if I had a panic (laughs) sell. Come on. We're back to the pre-sell-off levels. So, yeah, I guess it was the debt ceiling, which you can give a bit of an update to. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. So crypto prices had a nice little pump on Sunday night with the news that the US lawmakers had ended their stalemate over the government's debt ceiling debate. So as part of the deal agreed between President Joe Biden and Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, the plans are a 30% tax on crypto mining also has been shelved as part of this deal. So I think what exactly was the deal as well? We uh, There's no debt ceiling until... January 2025? I mean, that's interesting. It's, you know, the kicking the can down the road scenario that every country is doing basically, but particularly America has been leading the way for well over a decade. I'm certainly no financial expert, but 
what I do know is if you keep printing money, money is going to be useless. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, you know, we've, we've been on the way there for a long time. I'm sure that's why many people are, are in crypto, right? So um, I didn't see this coming. I thought they'd sort of let what needs to happen happen, but how much further can they go? They they sort of they sort of keep making their own rules and and like I said, keep kicking the can down the road. So you know the, the inevitable will happen at one point or another. All they're doing is, in my opinion, making what will inevitably happen worse when it does happen. And they've still got you know a complete house of cards there that many different levers could set things off from. I mean, the college debt he's essentially paid off now for the for the most part. So maybe that's not as big of a problem as it was. But there's just it's just too yeah, it's too dicey for me. Like it's just who knows what the solution is. But printing more cash certainly isn't. I think then that's that's what's going to happen. It's, it's there's infinite money. They've just basically said it's infinite money printing until 2025. So bullish. But um, the good news is after this news, Bitcoin touched. 28,000 USD and Ethereum went up over 1,900 USD. So both of those assets are looking nice for a decent monthly close. So maybe the sell in May, go away, come back in October isn't a thing anymore. Mm, so, I mean, if we can hold on and what is it at time of recording, it's the 30th. So this time tomorrow, if we can, if we can somehow keep over 28,800, then yeah, we're looking good to, to hold a little bit longer. But Look, this flows in nicely to some other news that happened yesterday. So uh, China is apparently on the verge of lifting its crypto ban. And China has a long history of banning crypto. So please excuse me if I don't get too excited about the legitimacy of this news piece. Uh, But if it is true, then I think this will pump markets because this is big news. But again, it's not signed, sealed, delivered. What are your thoughts here? Is this just... Uh, you know, pie in the sky or will this come to fruition? Yeah, I think this whole thing, not the whole thing started, but CZ was actually on Twitter who's had a, he's had a bit of a week, old CZ, but he was on Twitter. He um, shared a link to a TV segment over in China, which featured a Bitcoin ATM in Hong Kong and the sign said, buy Bitcoins. And he pretty much shared that and just said, China Central television just broadcasted crypto. He said it's a big deal. The Chinese-speaking communities are buzzing. So is that the first time they've done it? Is that why? Yeah, he said historically coverages like this has led to bull runs. But, you know, as Tracy said, a bit of history as well. In 2021, which was, you know, peak bull market, China enacted its strictest crypto trading and mining ban. So they banned all Bitcoin and Ethereum and crypto miners in the country. Um what do you think, Theo? Are we getting false hope? Or, you know, I think the Hong Kong news a few weeks ago is bullish, but what do you think about this one? Well, I wouldn't be buying anything until it actually happens, right? Like they're so unpredictable. They make they make their own rules. They're they're in their own world. So yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't. I mean, I, I don't I don't trade in general anyway, but um I think it's still a gamble. If you're going in just on that thesis, then then I'd be I'd be pretty conservative there. You made a good point though, Craig, because when that happened, all the miners which you just mentioned went offshore, didn't they? They all went They all went all over the place um, to mm. the US. A lot of them went and now a lot of them are leaving the US. This could be an opportunity for the miners then to go back to China. Hadn't really thought of it that way. But look, there's no doubt that this will impact global markets if it is in fact true. Um, but given that it is China and they are really funny with their restrictions, that they will hold tight control over whatever they do do um, and they have got their own currencies there that they will 
protect. But what we do know is that Hong Kong are allowing Bitcoin and trading and crypto trading from June 1st. So that is happening. That's confirmed. Mm. Um, so the new rules will require all Hong Kong trading platforms and exchanges to apply for a certain license. Um, so that is happening 100%. So it's going to be. And they've given a list of what was it, a couple of dozen different coins straight yeah, away. Is yes. Given? Yep. So all the big ones. The ones that had the biggest swings were Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, Ripple, Cardano, Doge, Polygon, and Solana. All right. Well, we shall see how that one pans out. Moving on next, let's chat about this Nike swoosh story. Nike have done it, folks. We've spoken about this one a few times on the podcast. Despite ongoing delays and technical challenges, the impacted their experience of the users. Nike swoosh Web3 platform launched its inaugural NFT sneaker collection, generating over a million dollars in sales. And this one took uh, took about two days um, to happen. I went online, had a look. Uh, the website's really cool. I mean, I'm a sneaker head anyway, um, but I like to actually be able to wear them. So, um, you know, what are your thoughts on this, Theo? Did you keep an eye on it from the get-go? Yeah, for sure. Look, I think them sort of isolating it to, to North America and not particularly not making it available in Australia meant that I didn't bother getting in on it and many of my... So why did they do that then? Why? They said something about regulations. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not completely sure what, what, the, what the deal was there, but, yeah, I was, I was very jealous watching people. I mean, even some people were creating like... Fake IPs to get around it? Or even, yeah, and also like, you know, you, you can get like redirection addresses and things like that or getting their, their mates over there to, to get them. But, um, look, I think it's an incredible use case, obviously, you know, um, the whole Clonex piece with with Nike have has been at the forefront of of, of Web three since they sort of made that acquisition. Mm. So, you know, it's an incredible use case for that. There might be the penny that drops for for many many people in the mainstream to sort of understand where the upside might be um, from a Web three perspective. But you know, they're certainly you know they're, they're only just starting in terms of like. You know, from a Web three journey perspective, so, so clearly, you know, they've they've had some issues. Many drops have issues in in any technical yeah. landscape, let alone Web three. Being so new, um, there's always issues with with drops. So you can't really discount that. Where do you think they'll go with it? Like, what other things do you see them being able to do? It's infinite, like in terms of you know apparel and and rewards, access to the athletes that they have as well. Athletes, yeah, yeah I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's infinite, and, and and even if you think about like the types of people that they've already sent their shoes to, in- incorporating that, it'll it'll move into you know into entertainment as well. I don't think it'll just stay with sports. So, the, you've obviously got your Web three agency, which sort of would be helping Nike, like do this sort of deal do you see any like aussie brands or aussie industries that you think there is synergies like obviously sport is obvious gambling is obvious um music is obvious like what are there any sort of ones that you're working on that you could share yes we're creating one of our own in the music scene um so my business partners own probably one of the bigger independent um, music and entertainment companies called Lucky Entertainment or Lucky Group now because they have many brands under their under their banner. So they own festival brands, nightclubs, um, artist rosters, management company, record labels, etc. Um, so the idea is that we're building um, a digital access pass where um, people can the holders of those access passes can access money can't buy experiences, whether it be 
um, songwriting sessions with platinum award-winning artists like Mask Wolf or um, backstage access at festivals like Ultra or, you know, unreleased music, pre-released music, access to, you know, shows before anyone else, free tickets to shows, things like that. I've always thought that the whole NFT for tickets space is just the most obvious like obvious i have friends that have been scammed off selling a splendor ticket or a listen out ticket is that something that you would you would be working on theo that's a bigger problem than we're probably willing to to bite off from a, like a platforming perspective so you got to think you know particularly on the higher end of events like for instance you know we were we were talking to um a large scale probably i'm gonna say probably the biggest sporting event in australia about a partnership um, and sort of actually doing our NFT Melbourne show during their events. And they've got the venue they, they most of their games are on, are contracted to Ticketmaster. So many of the larger, larger venues already have contracts with these ticketing platforms. So incorporating um, NFT ticketing, you, like we were going to, once you're inside, we could we could certainly do it and provide utility um, for people that have our specific ticket or, or token that comes with it. Um, but yeah, so for the, for those larger sort of arenas or parks or or, that, or you know anything that's sort of already got contracts that's already existing, so we'd be really relying on either those venues finding other ticketing platforms once those once those contracts are up <laughs> that are a bit more innovative, or hopefully the bigger guys move quickly. And I've seen you know we've already seen that almost all of them have. A Web3 division. Now, whether that's just ticking a box just so they can say that they that that's what they're doing or they actually are genuinely putting things together, they'd be silly not to because if you you know your point is 100% right. Like it's it's such a no-brainer and, and it's there's so much upside for every stakeholder in the ticketing ecosystem. So th- those that don't do it are going to lose market share for sure. Mm. We talked you talked about ticketing, but then there's the other aspect of fans we're talking about like big stadium stuff but what about the small bands who really want to leg up and who can mm-hmm. do something on a smaller scale and get say a thousand fans produce their album and those thousand fans then get a copy of it or a concert ticket to the next one there's utility ongoing and then you know it kind of snowballs from there and you know you can kind of cut out you know so many well, that's exactly what we're doing so that's that's exactly what we're doing with lucky world um where there'll be Know, will be the sort of the central spot for any of our artists to leverage what we're doing from like an access perspective and then they can dip their toe into web3 without fully committing their brand and, and sort of un, sort of get a feel for it and then if they want to launch their own thing we can help them because that's where I see it working like they're, they're the ones that will really benefit from it they're, not just them mm. as the artist but the people who want to support them you know because Absolutely. they are the real true fans who will get benefit down the line also 100 percent. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 essentially what would what will replace major labels. Mm, yeah, like the leverage that major labels have is they'll give you an advance, but then cutting out that big percentage. Yeah, all of the money that that your music makes, they get back first to pay that advance back, and then they keep a, a significant percentage of of anything ongoing above and beyond that. And all you've really the value exchange there is you've basically given them the majority of your earnings for however long the deal's for so that they can give you some money up front and some exposure or you know, distribution. Now, you know, with the way social's working, you know, in the last, let's say, half decade at least, a lot of these artists already have these platforms to, to get to the, the people they need to get to. So 
solving that upfront money piece can be can be done through sort of um, raising money from your, your loyal sort of super fan, so to speak, instead of going and getting a big check from a, from a major label. It's interesting. You have to keep us in the loop for when you launch that and we can um, yeah. talk about it again on the show. All right, well, look, let's move on to our next story. And this is actually a story I was telling Craig today that you mentioned to me yesterday that I, again, I said, don't, I don't know much about this. I mentioned it to Craig. I should have known he'd be all over it because it's deep in, <laughs> it's deep in DGEN Twitter and um, Reddit world. But this is a story about a guy called Ben.eth. And again, I do scour the news sites for all the news that I should possibly put on the show all week, but I'm not really massively into Twitter all the time. And and I briefly looked at this story and it looks like it kind of has played out over Twitter. So again, this seems to be a story of deception and a bit of what's going on here. I'm going to leave it to you guys. Who wants to take the lead and tell us about this um, character, Ben.eth, and potential memes and stealing of money? And I don't know, you know, let's, what's happened to you in the last week with this guy? So influencers are influencing, that's what I'd say. And <laughs> okay. just a bit of a just a bit of a history lesson on what's happened. So Ben Bitboy Armstrong, who's on Twitter and YouTube, he's the guy that went to the Bahamas to try to catch SBF. He's shilling a coin called Bencoin. Now he has quote unquote nothing to do with Bencoin. Bencoin is has been launched by Ben.eth and it is for people who are named Ben to join this community. And so BitBoy has shared this and said, people all want to invest in themselves. Now Ben's can do that. Now you're probably thinking this is the dumbest story ever, but this Ben crypto went to $16.5 million in market cap. It just it honestly gives us a bad name. Its volume in 24 hours went to $47 million. So how long ago was this though? When was this? This is this is over the last two or three weeks. This has okay. sort of kicked off. Right. And BitBoy is like pretending that there's actual use case behind this coin. It's just it just makes the space look a little bit amateur, in my opinion. And BitBoy, you know, has substantial online presence. He's got a million Twitter followers and one point four million YouTube subscribers. But he's not the Ben, right? He's not the Ben, but he's in he's involved and he's shilling it on his you know, 2.4 million subscriber list. So, and all this, the kicker in all this, guys, is that he's actually in legal battles with FTX. So he's being sued by investors because he was one of the influencers that promoted FTX. So while all this is happening, he's shilling a shitcoin called Bencoin. Theo, thoughts? There's more to this, isn't there? That, but I, I didn't even go that deep. I've just seen that this guy has gone and done three pre-sales and <laughs> people are continuing to give the guy money. Like I, I, I just, it, it's so confusing. It, it almost, for me, it's like, is it real? Like is he actually, but you can see it obviously on, on, on chain transactions that the wallet has like 14 million US or something in it and I don't understand who's giving him this money. And like throughout the, I think it was the first or the second pre-sale. People were like putting class actions together against him, and he, like they were claiming that he wasn't giving them the right um, scale of tokens for what the the money they gave him. Yeah, there was an airdrop, wasn't there? And because I, I I clicked on yes, people were doing a class action because they didn't get enough money for the airdrop, and I was like, what was he airdropping? And then I jo- clicked on the fact that there was this 
PSYOP queen. And I was like, what? When did that come into yeah. the mix? Like, And it, it went on and on and all of this has happened in, like you're saying now, a couple of weeks. It, honestly, this industry creates bad actors so quickly and everything happens in record breakneck speed. It's unbelievable. And still no one knows who this guy is. So apparently they're launching a DEX and they're going to airdrop 25% of the liquidity pool profits to Ben Holders. This is a mess. <laughs> they're launching a DEX called Loyal, which is a meme coin launch pad. Either way, guys, just be very careful with yeah. influencer chilling this sort of garbage. But if there if there's enough, if I get enough emails, so enough Tracy's, I will consider my own coin. All right. Just let me know in the emails. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, honestly kidding. With that, we'll move on to our next story, which is a much more lighthearted story, folks. Pudgy penguins are making a comeback, prove that turnarounds are possible in this NFT market right now. Uh, Craig, tell us about what's happening with these little in-real-life toys that are being sold on Amazon. So Pudgy's penguins started in the peak around the time of the board apes. Then they were bought by a guy for $2 million, so that he acquired Pudgy penguins. And then he brought on like an expert advisory team. He had like the CEO of Nansen. He had like VC guys. He had like hedge fund guys. Like he built like nine or 10 of these like Twitter goats on crypto Twitter that were just like really on the pulse. So that's the context of Pudgies. And now they've announced that they've closed a $9 million funding round to launch real-life Pudgy Penguin toys on Amazon. They've closed the round and now they've sold, they've launched like last week, they've sold 20000 in a few days and over half a million dollars on Amazon and they're actually ranked number one on the toy <laughs> on the toy releases yeah. page on Amazon. They're really cute. They are very cute. And they, you know what? They wouldn't have done so well if they didn't look so cute. So Yeah. So yeah. I, I think if your Pudgy has been made, you're getting royalties off mm. the toy sales. Do you know how many of the pudgies were made into, like how did you get chosen or anything like that? Do you know? Yeah. So when I actually had a pudgy at the time when they, they you had to put up your pudgy for auction or like not auction, but like to get selected. Um, Licensing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they only selected a few obviously because they can't select 10,000, but I don't know if it was luck of the draw or certain characteristics that they wanted, but yeah, you had to put your pudgy up to be licensed. <laughs> are there many other projects out there, Theo, that are doing stuff like this with the NFTs, like turning it into toys or, you know, people have their own licensing and can do what they want with them? Because not all not all NFTs, you have your own licensing, you can do what you want. No, that's right. So there are, well, there's a combination of, of, of a few things happening. So let's talk about Bored Apes, so similar system where the each individual has the IP to the one they own, but Bored Apes own the Bored Ape brand. So they did a collab with Superplastic. Uh, they're one of the top high-end sort of collectible toy shops. Some of their characters are in like the Fortnite game, for example, but they, they're they known for like really high-end um, quality toys. So um, Superplastic did uh, a collab with, with Bored Apes where they put out, I think, four or five different versions of um, the 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 board eight figure. So who got who gets the money for that then? That goes straight to Yuga. 
Um, I'm sure Superplastic would make some of it as well, like whatever, but it doesn't go to the holders. So that's an example. V Friends, again, they did a deal with Macy's. Um, that will go straight to v, v Friends. I haven't heard of this sort of setup where the owners of the actual original IP in, in terms of the community gets the actual receive, royalties. Yeah. yeah, would receive any royalties like that. It's always gone back to the to the brand mm. or the original IP, the overarching IP holder. Yeah, the two most similar ones, as um, Theo mentioned, was the Bored Apes and this YouTube channel called The Nelk Boys. So they had their own seltzer and they had the banana seltzer, which had their Bored Ape as the packaging on oh, the can. That's right. You, you mentioned this at some point, yeah. And also when I was in Bali, there was a tattoo, I believe it was a tattoo shop that had a billboard with their board ape on it. They're the two best examples. But, yeah, this is the first that I've heard where, you know, pudgies have sort of done the hard work and the people that are owning that are reaping the rewards. There you go. All right, I think we'll leave that there and we'll take a break. But when we come back, our short, sharp news bites. But not just that, we're going to get some alpha from Theo about what's hot in NFT space. So definitely come back after the break. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back. You're listening to the Crypto Curious podcast. As I said, we have got Theo here, who is one of Australia's leading NFT dudes in the space. So while we've got you here, and like I said, me and Craig love our NFTs. We've probably got a big bag full of absolute rubbish each. Hopefully one day they'll <laughs> turn around. 100%. But what, 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 do you, what do you hold? Like what is your favourite? You know, it, everyone's down like a lot right now, but are you holding anything that even though it's down, you will never get rid of it? And on top of that, is there anything that you like at the moment? I was I was emotionally attached to some of them early on, um, and by the time I got over it, it was too late. So I'm currently selling a shitload for a loss before the end of June for obvious reasons. Ah, yes. Um, okay. So yeah, my emotional attachment disappeared. Quite a, quite a long time ago, and I, I was very much just, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, my position's still well up because I was I was in extremely early. But um, in terms of like, you know, long term holds, I don't have anything that that I would hold long term other than V Friends. I sold two of them at the end of twenty twenty one, so um, 
I guess that's what I'm offsetting at the moment with my losses because yeah. um, they, they, they did quite well. But, you know. Sorry to jump in, but you just mentioned Gary V and V Friends as something you hold on to. So you obviously still think that there's blue chips there. Like we talk about Bitcoin, Ethereum as the blue chips. So with NFTs, do you feel that there's blue chips to hold on to? Like, And what are those blue chips? Obviously, you've got your Yuga Labs and that kind of jazz. Do you see that? As a blue chip, as soon as I as soon as I'm liquid enough, I, I will get a CryptoPunk, and that'll be the asset that I hold um, forever and pass on to my wow. to my wow. kids, and hopefully they they pass it on after that. Um, I think that the the provenance behind it and um, what it stands for and what it means, as far as Web three goes, nothing can ever take that away from them. Um, so they could do nothing with that IP forever and that would always be the flag in the ground and no one can argue that. So it's like a Jordan rookie card, right? I, 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 do, I, I trade basketball cards. It's the closest comparison. So um, for me, that's that's where I'm going towards. It's sort of just either I've already sold them or I will sell all of the other stuff that sort of just is, is lying around. But, but you, don't think, you don't think any of that other stuff might potentially roll back with the next – run up possibly but it's it's gambling right so um i'm i did that and some of it worked out some of it didn't it's and that's all good it is what it is but um i'd rather yeah i'd I'd rather sort out my capital gains this year (laughs) and have peace of mind that um that's all sorted and no one's no one's going to come after me for it um and then sort of start july one fresh and and you know i'm sure i'm sure i'll uh i'll double a little bit when it once it sets off again but i see this as you know the closest comparison to the dot-com bubble burst and what i mean by that is like the overarching space completely shit the bed but there was still the amazons and the ebays and um you know the other the other emerging companies that came out of that that did extremely well and and did significant multiples um after that piece and the technology is undeniable right so it's it's, it's a very similar um comparison so you you know you, you're going to get your scammers you're going to get your your house of card businesses that are that are run by sort of people that were just right place right time and don't know how to put a business together or sustain it and that they've clearly a lot of them have run out of money already um but you're also going to get these emerging businesses that either are around now or haven't even been created yet that um, will be absolutely worth investing into. And I really look at it as now it's you're really investing in a startup. So, you know, try and find as much information about the people behind it versus, you know, what the actual IP is, right? Okay. So so people are listening out there, there is going to be a time when NFTs do pick up again. And if we look at the crypto market cycle, we know, and Craig and I speak about this often, that, you know, Bitcoin goes first, then Ethereum, then the altcoins, and then is it meme coins? Is it NFTs after? Meme coins are NFTs or NFTs next? So we know that you know, NFTs kind of come last, but they do go. So, you know, there will be a time for NFTs again. But there's still, I mean, look, May wasn't that bad. I looked at the stats yesterday and we've got marketplaces like Blur coming up and doing different things. So it's been, you know, pretty shitty 12 months, but there's projects that are still coming out and doing unusual things. People are looking for different types of utility. It's not completely dead. So what do you what do you see for the future of the NFT market? In your crystal ball, the, the good thing about it, and, and I guess what separates, and, I, and it, 
I feel it may decouple from like this, you know, the systemic trickle down that we've seen over time is the cultural aspect of it. You know, the fact that it appeals to a wider audience that don't necessarily understand crypto and don't want to trade coins because that doesn't excite them. The whether it be the utility or the chance to be a super fan or the love of art, whatever it might be, there are additional entry points and also more and more marketplaces and companies are accepting fiat credit cards as an entry point as well. And they work out the blockchain stuff in the back in the back end. And essentially the, you know, the the customer experience or the user experience isn't is much it has much less friction because they're not having to sort of deal with the you know the crypto onboarding that that can be cumbersome sometimes so i think that you know whether whether that ends up being true or not i'm i'm not sure i think it makes sense from a like a consumer standpoint that you know that it could sort of start to have its own cycles and and patterns obviously the far majority of it is you know, is traded in crypto. So for sure, it's still going to have an enormous influence for, for quite a long time um, moving forward. But there's other other access points now. I think you're, you're yeah. spot on Yeah, and there. I think that'll, that'll smooth out over time. Now, whether it's two, five, 10, 15 years, I'm not sure. But I think that that's, if you're talking about my crystal ball or if I had to guess, that's the way that I see it going. Um, and that's what will enable, you know, more people into it. And I think it will actually have like a reverse effect where it'll bring more people into crypto because they'll get they'll they'll get that entry that entry point and then they might you know sort of have they, they might have a taste of it and and that might be their 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 sort of first step into into the space as well but I think you know un, until that happens and until you know America stops printing money for no reason and until there's a proper correction in the macros in the macro uh, economic space. I, I don't know where we're going to see like a sustained uplift. You know, unless people just say I'm not using fiat anymore, and and that's what is the catalyst for for the next bull run, and everyone just literally. Well, look, we can only hope. Yeah, totally. <laughs> we totally. can only hope. Yeah. No, I think I like your take on it. I think um, I think you're right there. So great alpha, love that. But we do need to jump into our short, sharp news bites. We have a few today. We'll see if we can get through them. Craig, you can hit us off first today, mate. Yep. So Binance has introduced an NFT loan for feature for traders. So now you can lock up your Bored Ape, Mutant Ape, Azuki or Doodles and you can lend against your NFT. So that was pretty common back in the day, but now Binance have come to the party. I don't know how so. you people in Australia be doing that on Binance, but anyway, <laughs> sidebar. Mm-hmm. Put your punk up for um, yeah. borrow against your punk fear. Yeah, maybe not. All right, moving on. Ethereum's Layer 2 networks experienced a surge in mainnet publishing fees during May, reaching nearly 9,000 ETH or $16.2 million, which is some big numbers for the month of May. So there you go. What's up next, Theo? NFT marketplace Blur's NFT lender program Blend has facilitated nearly 16,000 loans for a total of 123,500 ETH or $225 million, according to a report from Nansen. That's massive. Blur's just kicking loads of gold. No, that's why Binance have launched it then. Mm -hmm. Well, clearly, right? Like, yeah, anything that makes money, they jump on it quickly. That's crazy. Like, that makes me so nervous. What else, Craig? So GTA 6, which has been 
in production for like 20 years, it feels like, <laughs> the most anticipated game of all time is being rumoured that they're going to have play-to-earn gaming mechanics that could see gamers earn crypto in real life. I love it when they say it's leaked. They've obviously clearly like put it out into many places. So this is a big deal, is it? Yeah, that it, this would be... Because this is when this comes out, this could be the best-selling game of all time. All right, cool. I'll go and ask my children and my husband. I'm sure they'll know all about it. Anyway, what's next? Ava Labs, the company behind Layer One Blockchain Avalanche, is launching Ava Cloud, a Web three launch pad that helps businesses build no code, so fully managed by blockchain ecosystems. Apparently, this is a big deal. Avalanche again uh, seem to be going, you know, uh, leaps and bounds ahead. So that's pretty cool from Avalanche. What's up? Steppen, the Web3 move to earn game is integrating Apple Pay to enable fiat on-ramp for in-app purchases like we were just talking about before, right? Aiming for broader accessibility. So, yeah, totally. Yeah, this is big for them. Yeah, especially on Apple. I'm, I'm very surprised at that. So that that is big news. Huobi have launched Huobi HK. So Huobi is a exchange that's been around for years. Justin Sun, they call him Your Excellency. They call him on crypto Twitter as a joke. He's my boy. Please, <laughs> please. So he, you know, uh, Huobi HK, they're actually a Chinese exchange. So they're going to be in Hong Kong now. So they're trying to get in front of Hong Kong's new laws. Yep. So. All right, see how that goes. All right, what's up next? Crypto exchange Gemini has submitted a request to dismiss the SEC's lawsuit against them. They argue that the SEC's claim of uh, selling unregistered securities goes beyond what is reasonably allowed by the law. So Gemini and the twins are just pushing this one as far as they can. Uh, I was keeping you up to date with that one. I know we've been talking about it. So, yep, go, go boys, see how you go with the SEC there. What's next? Oh, How about this absolute clown? Crypto hater Peter Schiff to drop Bitcoin Ordinal's NFT art collection. Are you serious? What What is with that? That is hilarious. <laughs> is that I, – I, I was like, is that real? I thought it was a troll. No, I thought it was too, but I've looked and I, it, it, I couldn't get a real take on that. We'll keep that in there. And if that's not real, we'll come back next week with a retraction, folks. But I really hope it's not real. No, we'll, we'll see. But what else for our, our last bit of news, Craig? Finish up. So Ethereum world numbers have surged. So data shows that 30 million F are owned by quote unquote large investors, which is up from 26.5 earlier this year. So it's a big jump from earlier this big year. Big guys are accumulating ETH. And I was actually reading the um the Bankless newsletter this morning. You know, they love going on about Ethereum, but they were showing some um, numbers around uh, since the the Shanghai about what state it's huge. Ethereum is having its day right now on staking. So those numbers don't surprise me at all. All right, well, well, that's it, folks, for our Short Sharp News Bites and our episode today. It was a good one. Thank you so much for giving us a little bit of alpha there, talking NFTs. So thank you so much for being with us. It's been, it's been real. Hopefully we'll get you back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. So, everybody, uh, that's it for this week. If you think we've missed anything, please send us an email, podcast at getbamboo.io. If you want to chat some more, join us in the Facebook uh, crypto curious community and please hit the subscribe button make sure that you get the podcast each week thanks for now we'll see you next week see you guys bye crypto curious is a product of equity mates media all information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only 
Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Crypto Curious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.